0: started. Well, it's good to be uh, back here speaking with you today and um, also good to be live online. And um, we're starting a new series today and uh, Warrior. (laughs) So uh, you have to... (laughs) Soon as Daniel told me, and that's what he wanted me to start off with, I was like, "Yeah, I can do that one all day long." <laughs> you know, um, often people say to me about the fact that I'm very direct, very, I suppose, in your face <laughs> with the scripture. <clears throat> but you know, I want people to win. I want people to move forward, and I know we all do, but I think sometimes, you know, I just feel like that, uh, you know, the way I was raised, it's really about sometimes we need to learn to tighten our belts up a bit more and really learn that a lot of times we are struggling because of our own selves. And um, so today I'm going to talk to you about how do we prepare for war. Amen. So how do we prepare for war? So uh, the first thing I just really want to reiterate to you is it's a daily fight. I wish I could stand up here and say that you can take a break and, you know, you're you can fight for a couple of days and then you can take a few days holiday. But it doesn't work that way, because as soon as you. You notice I put on this quote, as soon as you miss a day, we will sense the difference. How many, how many of you know that in your own selves? You can tell. You can tell the way you talk, the way you act, the, the way you do things. You can immediately start to sense, yeah, I, I need to get myself back in line. And so with that, I want to take you to the scripture in Psalms 144. How many of you love David? So, you know, one thing about David is David's a worshiper. David's a guy who he made his fair share of mistakes, as we all do. But he still had a great heart of worship. And I think that, you know, that's one thing that we all could really work on being better at, is just really being worshipers. And, you know, I loved it this morning about how that when we enter in and remember why that we're here to worship. And so the first and second verse says, Blessed be the Lord, my rock and my great strength. And I love this next part. It says, who trains my hands for war and my fingers for battle. I'm going to come back to that in a minute. And then he goes on to say, and I'm reading out of the Amplified, my steadfast loving kindness and my fortress my high tower and my rescuer, my shield, and in he whom I take refuge, who subdues my people under him. So, under me. So, you notice that when you start to really see this, he goes into really sharing about what he thinks about God. But I want to take you back to that second line that says, Who trains? Come on, say that with me. Who trains? He didn't put that in past tense. He said, who trains? And I think the first thing that we really want to get down into our spirits is that we always are training. We are always being prepared to win the war. So it's never we trained past tense or we are going to train who trains, which means I I believe was a word meant to us to let us know. That, it never stops. We must always be willing every day to train to be warriors. Now today at the end of this, I really felt God spoke to me yesterday. And I am going to give an altar call at the end. So I'm going to save a few minutes because I really feel like it's important. And when I give the altar call, it's going to be an altar call for you. Not necessarily for people to pray with you. I'm going to give it and open the door for you To really come down to pray and pour your heart about if you feel like God's just dealing with you about something. But the first thing I want to share with you, and I want to give you some practical tips today. But the first thing, I went in yesterday and I just spent the whole first part of my day really just reading and studying about what they really do to prepare men and women for battle. And one of the things that I noticed is there was some specific things that they really put and into those soldiers who were training to get them to understand some basic things. So the first one is that we can't only train for the war we want. We have to prepare for the war we are fighting. The reason I thought that was so good is because sometimes we might wish that we could be training for something else or, you know, if you think about it in the natural, um, when people, when the soldiers all show up, they don't know who they're all showing up with. They just know when they all land and they've entered into that. Uh, commitment, suddenly they're looking around and it's like, oh, okay, I got to get to know this guy and I got to get to know this guy and this is who I'm going to be training with. They don't get to choose. They do not get to choose who they are going to train. So when you begin to prepare and they know that they're there to train for whatever that the commanders tell them that they need to be ready for. And I think that what God really wants us to know today, first of all, is you can't just train for the war that you think you want to fight. You've just got to be ready and train for what God knows that is coming your way. And we have to trust that God knows that when that war comes up, if we allow him to prepare us, we will be prepared because we've listened and known that he's the one that tells us what war to be prepared for. But that's not easy because that means you've got to trust Him. So I think that also what it means is that sometimes we might wish we weren't facing what we're facing. Sometimes we want to just, you know, I hate to say it, but maybe just wallow in our pity. And Lord, why have you put this on me? Or why do I have to go through that? I think rather than spending so much time worrying about why or what you're going through... And ask the Lord to prepare you for the war you're facing. Because I think it's much better time spent than trying to prepare for a war that you don't even know what you're preparing for. The second thing is that they tell the soldiers, you go to war with the army you have. Not the army you wish you had or the army you want. And just as I said well while ago, you know, when they show up. And they've enlisted, and they're ready for this commitment. They don't get to choose the people that they're going to serve with. They just know that when they arrive, this is who they've got. And you know, I would say to you today that all of us, if you look around this room, this is our army, and those of you online, this is who we are in the army with. Amen? This is who you've got. You might say to yourself, well, I wish you, I wish you were somewhere else, or I wish you were someone else. Well, they might be saying the same to you. You know what? I wish you weren't here either, to be honest. Because if I had to choose, I would choose somebody much different to go into army and battle with. But what you don't know is if we all are preparing for the same thing of what we know God is preparing us for, then we will all be ready to serve together. Amen? We won't be worried about what our brother and sister will be worried about. Am I preparing for my war? Am I getting myself prepared? Sometimes we're too busy looking after others more than we're looking after ourselves. Three, the next thing they tell you is the only constant in war is change. We can't predict, nor can we know what the next war will be or how to fight it. (laughs) I'm going to give you some tips today, but I want you to really think about this. How many of you really like change? Yeah, I knew that was going to be for you. How many of you don't like change? (laughs) Yeah, that's more like it. I mean, you know, when you grow up on the mission field, and I say this so many times, you just grow up knowing that, you know, anything at any point could go haywire. Anything could go up in the air and could change. And when you're ready for that, when you know that the only constant thing is change, in other words, that Day in, day out, you are prepared. In other words, that what you did yesterday may not work for today or tomorrow because today or tomorrow brings new challenges. But what it means is that you want to get yourself prepared. Now, one of the things that they do tell them, and I likened it down to us and the person, and that means it means not only developing what they would tell them, the hardware, what I would say to us is it means not only developing the body, needed to be lethal under fire but also it requires the software the software meaning our mind to be developed as well so we have to develop our minds but we also have to prepare our bodies and let me tell you that I think that some of the times the reason that we really struggle as Christians is because it's great to come on a Sunday morning or to sit in your home and listen to these messages and watch them over and over But you also and I also have to do something. We can't just expect the church to prepare us. We also have to prepare ourselves. And I think that one of the big things that we need to really ask ourselves is, are we preparing ourselves to be warriors, or are we just depending on everybody else to feed us what we need so that we can be the warriors that we need to be? You see, it's very important because you can't just... When you just do what you're told to do and you expect a message on Sunday morning to carry you through to the next Sunday, you're going to struggle. You're going to have a hard time making it because I just want to challenge you. How many of you today, whatever you eat right now, will sustain you until you eat next Sunday morning? <laughs> yeah, I know that's a no big way for you. <laughs> How many of you know that you couldn't unless you propose to really fast, there's no way that you're going to eat today and say, well, that's it. I've had my food for the week. Don't need to eat the rest. It certainly would be cheaper, wouldn't it? But um, yeah, but this is what we do. We come to church, we get fed. That's it. Got my word for the day for the week. Don't need to go back there, don't need to do anything, don't even need to open my Bible because gosh, what he gave me, it'll sustain me till next Sunday. And I think this is where we really need to take and listen. What are you doing to train yourself? Come on, I, w- I want you just to stop and think for a minute and ask yourself, what am I doing to train myself? You know, there's some basic tips you can really start to ask God to do for you. Number one, you can develop judgment. Judgment of how to approach and deal with a situation. Number two, you can ask God to really help you with your decision-making capabilities. And number three, which I believe is key, is you can ask God to help you to be willing to adapt always. When you're willing to start to do these three things, I believe it's a case of where you start to ask yourself, Am I really starting to develop these things in me? Am I really starting to prepare myself, or am I just like a puppet that I just wait for people to tell me what to do and how I'm going to function? But with that, I want to give you some very practical tips of how you can prepare for battle. And this is where I really feel the meat of my message is going to come today. I want to show you in Proverbs 27 verse 17. I want to show you really something key. That it says that I believe is really important. Verse 17 says. As iron sharpens iron. So one man sharpens And remember, I'm reading from the Amplified. And influences another through discussion. Number one of the practical tips today on how to prepare for battle. Never go into battle alone. Come on, say that with me. Never go into battle alone. You know, in the army, the recruits have a buddy system. Uh, trust me, I'm no expert. This, I read and studied this just to help me with my message. So in basic training, they give you a buddy. They want someone to be there for you to help you along and someone you can talk with and get uh, advice maybe from or tips to help them. When mountain climbers go up and climb the mountains or scale up cliffs, they usually always take a partner with them. They don't go it alone. Even I know many who are bodybuilders. If they really want to train and spar off of each other, they get themselves someone not who's there just to talk and have a good old time, but to train and to train and help each other and to encourage each other. If you are in, for example, a, an alcoholic, an AA, the first thing they do is they give you a sponsor. So you look at these examples and you think about, do you see the pattern? Never go in to battle alone and I'll tell you why because as Christians the stakes are really high you know the the scripture says in first Peter that the enemy roams to and fro like a what like a lion seeking whom he may devour he's looking for the weak he's looking for those of us that are not preparing and training ourselves for the real war He's looking for those of us that are no longer really the warriors that are training for battle, but warriors who are weak and starting to fall by the wayside. And I'll tell you what you need when you never go into battle alone. You need another fellow warrior. And I want to tell you what kind of fellow warrior you need. You don't just need an accountability partner. I want to tell you what this relationship would look like. If you are looking for someone... That will really be a partner, a warrior with you that you can share and talk back and forth with. The first thing is you're going to look for someone who also wants the victory and is willing to fight. Come on. You want someone who also wants to make it and willing to fight for whatever it takes to make it in the end. The second thing is you need someone, that someone to be someone you can trust. So you can discuss openly your struggles. The next thing is you should try to meet with them at least once a week. And to do that, you need to be open and honest. That you can talk about your family. Maybe your spouses or your jobs or whatever it is that you're going through. You know, in our student life group, we've been talking about relationships. And we have an acronym that we are using which is hot, H-O-T, honest, open, and transparent. You need a partner, someone, obviously male to male, female to female, so you don't get any ideas. But you need someone that you can be honest with, someone that you can be open with, someone that you can be transparent, because I'll tell you where the biggest fall is for most. When you go into secret with your life, you are asking for trouble. You are asking for trouble because you're not willing to be accountable. And when you can't be accountable, and when you're not willing to be open, you need to ask yourself why. You need someone that will dedicate each other with each other dedicated time in prayer with one another. Someone that you can be real with. That you can be honest about your weaknesses so that you can hold each other accountable. You should even practice getting to know someone so well as your fellow warrior that you will have their number on speed dial. So that when you get to that point to where you feel like you want to sin or you want to fall and something you're struggling with, you can ring them for prayer. You can ring them to be able to say, hey, I need right now you to stand up for me. Why? Because this is how you're going to win if you go out and find yourself a fellow warrior that is willing to fight the fight with you and prepare in the battle with you. Number two, you need to bring the big gun. Now, if you were in Texas, you know, they'd be expecting me to bring out the guns, wouldn't they? (laughs) If you notice on the screen, big gun meeting the word of God. The word of God is your big gun. More than adequate. The scripture says to meditate. And I hate the fact that the world has really messed up some words. Because usually when people hear meditate automatically, you know, and and some people who come from that world might be the, the first thing they expect, you know, you sit Indian legged on the floor and you got your hands out, you know, and you're waiting. That's not really what meditate means. If you look it up, you'll find that it's completely. It's about really getting that word in you and repeating it over and over until you get that word done in your spirit. But there is another word you can use. If you cook, how, how many of you cook in here? <laughs> Ever heard the word marinate? Yep. <laughs> now, I love this word. When I read it yesterday, I thought, yeah, I like that word. Because you, when you get ready to cook a piece of meat, or a steak, and you want it to really absorb those flavors. I hope I'm not making you hungry today. Uh, You put this in a container, you know, with your spices and all, and you get it ready to cook the next day. So maybe instead of meditate, you think about the fact that when you get into the Word, you need to really marinate in that Word. You need to soak in that Word to where it gets down in you. You need to be able to take at least one memory verse, memorize it, so that you can dwell on it, and at least do that. You know, for example, let's go to James 4, 6. I want you to look at this scripture and ask yourself. Because some people, you know, they like to pride themselves in how many chapters they've read for the day. Or how many... Um, you know, I don't know how long they have spent reading the word. It's not really about that. It's about, are you doing what you're reading? Even if it's just one verse. 4-6 in James. He gives us more and more grace through the power of the Holy Spirit to defy sin and live an obedient life that reflects both our faith and our gratitude for our salvation. Therefore, God is opposed to the proud and haughty, but he gives the gift of grace to the humble. Now, I don't know about you, but if all of us memorize that and start doing it, we might just be there a while. You know, I hear a lot of people say to me, oh, you know, my memory just doesn't work like that. I just can't memorize scripture. But guys, come on, you know, you can memorize every game coming up. You know everybody the team's going to play. You know what date they're going to play on. You know what day you're going to show up. Women, we might know every TV show coming up. We know every day that it comes on and what time it comes on. I'm just giving you some examples, but then we say, oh, but I can't memorize scripture. You can memorize all the things that you want to memorize. But you struggle to memorize the scripture. And this is where we really have to overcome. And we have to ask ourselves, what are we doing to prepare ourselves for battle? Are we actually getting in the scripture and reading and studying it to apply? Or is it just something that we do to say, yeah, I've read the word and I've prayed. Marinate. Bring the big gun. The next one is avoid enemy territory. Mm. I'm going to spend a couple of minutes here. It's going to be real. When you know what you struggle with, And you're going around saying, oh, I can't get over this. I can't get, I'm struggling so much to get through this. But you still haven't pulled yourself out of enemy territory. I'll break it down for you. I've often said, and don't worry, I'm not just going to pick on one. I've picked out a few, but... It's hard, you know, it's not because you're trying to point out, I don't have anyone in mind, so if the shoe fits, it's up to you. (laughs) But you know, I've often used the example, for example, as an alcoholic. I could go sit in a bar all day long and it would not affect me in the least. I'd still be drinking soda water or sparkling water at the end of the day. You can ask all my friends, people that hang out with me, it's just, it's not my thing. So I can sit in the bar. It's not my enemy territory. Doesn't bother me. But if you are an alcoholic, you are in 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 enemy territory. You've gone to the wrong place to hang out. Because you know that while you're there, you're going to be tempted and that's not where you need to be. So when you're struggling and saying, I don't know what to do to get past this and you're looking at all the wall of all the alcohol there and you're saying to yourself, it's just so hard not to get one down and drink it. Then you need to be asking yourself, am I in the right place? Maybe you struggle with lust, pornography. If that's the case, you need to ask yourself, Where are the places I need to avoid? Do I need to be hanging out on the internet? You know, when people say to me, oh, the internet's a sin. Come on, guys. It's not a sin unless you're doing something you shouldn't be. So if you have a problem being on the internet because you go straight to one area, then you shouldn't be there. You need to avoid it. You need to block it out of your life. If you struggle because, you you know, when you meet people and you know that you put their numbers in your phone and you know the numbers shouldn't be there, then why have them? Why do you want to put yourself under that kind of attack? Do you think an army would send their men into enemy territory and dance around in front of them like fools? They wouldn't do that. But this is what we do. You know, Paul and I. We both know each other's passcodes, face ID. He could pick up my phone anytime he wants to, I can pick up his, no problem. If you can't do that with your wife or husband, mm, you better ask yourself, what can you do? Because you're messing. I'm just being honest, open, and real. We want to prepare for battle. We want to win the war, but we hang out in enemy territory. And then we want to know, why am I struggling? The battle will rage where you let it. Wherever you allow it to happen, that's where the battle's going to rage. We have to be open and accountable. Because let me tell you something, you give the enemy an inch, he's going to take a mile. You know what, I want you to know this, Satan knows your weaknesses. He knows. And you as Christians, you for your own self, you need to know what your weaknesses are. You need to know what is it that I can't deal with and how do I need to Distance myself from that. You also should even have a detailed contingency plan for when things go wrong. Plan your day to avoid your weaknesses. For example, you might struggle being alone at home and keeping a pure mind. Because of games or hobbies or things, I don't know what what I don't know what all you can get into these days because I don't go there. But if you have a problem with that and you can't be alone, you need to plan where you're not alone. You have to put a contingency plan in place if you really want to win this war. Sometimes our problem is we need to make drastic changes in our lives. If we really want to defeat the sin. That we are battling and preparing for war, then what we need to do is we need to understand that what we are struggling with, what is it? And we also need to recognize what the consequences are. Most of the time, please hear me. Most of the time, the consequences you have, you've brought upon yourself. You play with fire you will eventually get burnt. If you struggle with lust or you're having an affairs or you're dealing in stuff that you shouldn't be dealing with, you might think, oh, it's, it's all right, it's all right. No one knows. It's all good. The day will come. And in the least way that you expect it, all of a sudden, your world's blown up. Depression, anxiety, what habits are you building in that makes you worse or better? What are you doing to help yourself through this? Do you love just talking about it or dwelling on it? Or do you propose to help yourself find things that will help you improve and get better and find the ways that you know stuff that you can do in order for you to be able to win that battle? We have to know what our weaknesses are. We don't have to feel shameful of the fact that we're there. But what we do have to do is get down on our knees and we have to repent. And we have to say, Lord God, please help me. Because if I'm going to be in this war and I'm going to be a warrior and I want to win, I've got to prepare myself for battle because right now I am not prepared at all. Some, even of our sicknesses and disease, some have to do with what we eat and drink. You know, sweets, junk food, it's okay once in a while, but too much of a good thing can make you ill. Some people have no control around food. What are you doing to change that? I want to take just the last few minutes just to really share something from my heart. I don't don't preach this to pull you down or as if I'm better because I've got my struggles. I've got my fellow warrior. I want to help you. I know so many of you, stuff that you go through and I think to myself, How much longer will it be before they realize that they're going to have to do something to help themselves? How much longer will it be before you finally decide to make up your mind? You know, so many people, sometimes they they just get in this rut of, this is it now. Yeah, I'm going to change now. That's it. Yeah, I'm going to do this now. I'm not doing that anymore. I'm really going to take a 360. It's not going to happen. But then you don't do anything to change your habits, where you go, what you do. If you're not willing to do that, you can say it with your mouth all you want to. But if you're not willing to step in there, it depends on how hungry you are. How bad do you want to change? How bad do you really want for God to do amazing things in your life or Are you willing just to keep getting in that rut and keep coming back to the same thing over and over? I want to read this scripture in Ephesians 6. I know y'all know this scripture. For those of you that might have been in the Word, in Ephesians 6, you'll know this scripture well. But it talks about preparing for battle. So when you go there to 6, I'm just going to read a few of those scriptures starting in verse 12. I want you to listen to what this word says in Amplified. For our struggle, it's not against flesh and blood contending only with physical opponents it's against the rulers the powers against the world forces of this present darkness and against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenlies therefore you must put on the complete armor of God so that you will be able to successfully resist and stand your ground in the evil day of danger And having done everything that the crisis demands to stand firm in your place, fully prepared, immovable, and victorious, stand firm and hold your ground, having tightened the wide band of truth, personal integrity, moral courage around your waist, and having put on the breastplate of righteousness, And an upright heart. And having strapped on your feet. The gospel of peace. In the preparation. To face the enemy. With firm rooted stability. And the readiness. Produced by the good news. Above all. Lift up. The shield of faith. With which you can extinguish. All the flaming arrows of the evil one. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And with all prayer and petition, pray with specific request at all times. On every occasion and in every season in the spirit. And with this in view, stay alert with all perseverance and petition. Interceding in prayer for all God's people and pray for me that words may be given to me when I open my mouth to proclaim boldly the mystery of the good news of salvation for which I am an ambassador in chains and pray that in proclaiming it I may speak boldly and courageously as I should to make a call to repentance today I want to ask everyone to stand if you will please and I want to say to you online the same you can do right there where you are there's one thing about church that sometimes does bother me We've quit being real and honest because we're worried about what other people will think we ought not to judge because we all face stuff that we probably need to repent and stuff that we need to get right so no one can point the finger at anyone we ought not to rather still We should be more convicted to pray for that person that has come to bow down and pull themselves down on their knees to repent. So I want to challenge you today that in a minute, when we close our eyes, if you feel that I'm going to say any part of this message, I am not going to call out anything. Because there could be things you struggle with that I didn't even talk about today and I only used examples. So don't limit it to that. And don't even start your speculations when people come to the front. Because you have no idea. And you ought not to be concerned about that. You ought to be concerned about you. So I want to challenge you today. And if they could find a a song of uh, worship, something that you could put on. I want to challenge you. If this message has touched you in any way and you know you need to repent... I'm going to boldly ask you to come down to this front and kneel down. I don't want anybody to pray for you because I think this is a time where you need to pray for yourself. If you absolutely can't bring yourself to do it, then yes, you can repent where you are. But I believe there is something powerful in confessing your sins and coming down and bowing down. There's a humility. Men and women. Because men, those of you that are already the heads of your home or should be, guys who are going to be, you need to learn this. You need to get this down in your spirit. You need to be the leaders in this. So I'm going to ask you while you've got your heads bowed and the music plays, if this has touched you in any way, I want you to come down to this front and I want you to kneel down. I really feel like God's saying there's some of you, you've been waiting for a breakthrough. But you can't have a breakthrough until you break down what you're doing and get through this. There's some of you, you're waiting for victory and things to change. But until you make the changes you need to make, it's not going to happen. And I also hear God saying there's some of you, whether it be online or here, You are walking a tight line right now. One that you need to be very careful. I pray that as you repent today. And make that 360. That you will make drastic changes in your life. May we all ask God. Even even if we think it's nothing huge. May we all come to God and ask him to show us. What are some of those things to where that we need to change? That we need to get into God's word. We need to marinate there. To where that we can see our lives turn around. Hallelujah. 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 I want to challenge you today that you'll take that advice and find yourself a fellow warrior pray and ask God who that person is that you can develop that mutual trust and bond and relationship where you can be real and put those things straight today because listen revival that we keep praying for starts with repentance It starts with being real and putting things on the altar and making changes. And when we start to do that, miracles are going to start happening. And I want us to win. We already won, but I want us to win here. I want us to see the victories here. I want us to see the miracles take place here. I want to see salvations take place here. And I don't know about you, but I want God to use me to be a part of that. And I pray that today you will take this as a word of love. That as you prepare yourself for battle, as you prepare yourself to be a warrior, that you're going to see some big things happen in your life from the changes that you make. And I pray... That you'll have testimonies because of you putting it straight. Always remember, hot, honest, open, transparent. God bless you.